Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome in, Busted Open Nation, to the podcast edition, weekend edition of Busted Open Radio. I'm your weekend host, Ryan McKittle. Got the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, across the way. And Mark, we got a a stack show for the nation today on the podcast edition, including our man Otis climbing that proverbial ladder. Well, not yet, but he did earn his way into Money in the Bank, getting the big victory over the dastardly Dolph Ziggler on Friday Night SmackDown. And I think that a lot of people will see layers in this over the next coming weeks. But Otis, my man, you are on your way. He's on his way. Also on our way, a blossoming feud between Sheamus and Jeff Hardy, which we will get to in this episode. And of course, it is the weekend edition of Busted Open Radio. So that means we will give you our weekly winner for the best show in professional wrestling in the week that was. And Mark, we're also going to share a story and talk about Dr. D, David Schultz, and the Cauliflower Alley Club uh, reunion last year where you were the main event. But Dr. D also spoke and kind of had some thoughts Thoughts on the WWE? I think a very uh, interesting, enlightening uh, story time for the the nation out there. I think people will come away from listening to the show and they will compare it to Dark Side of the Ring and they'll see that there are some differences. So definitely tune in to this show. This will be the one that you talk about for a while. There you go. You heard it from the world's strongest man. Sit down, relax, lay back, enjoy this Saturday. Click the play button and let's get it underway. Busted open radio, putting a capstone on 11 years. Happy anniversary to the entire crew. 11 years. What a show. Click play. Let's get it going. Busted open. Otis. The big fat white guy gets it done. We have been rooting for this pasty round man for what feels like, I mean, a year, Mark. But last night he gets what I mean, what would we say? The biggest win of his career? Oh, most most definitely. This is yeah. easily, you know, he's he beat a former uh IC champ and a former WWE heavyweight champ. Yep. I mean, like it's not it's not a lot of guys that have climbed that tree. Yeah, let's throw to the audio. We got the victory. Otis going over on Dolph Ziggler last night. Let's go, Otis. And now Otis is fired up. And here comes Otis into the Caterpillar. And this time, I don't think Dolph can get out of the way. Elbow delivered to the chest. Cover now by Otis. Hook of the leg. Got it. Otis qualifies for Money in the Bank. All right, you heard it right there. Otis getting the victory over that dastardly Dolph Ziggler. And there was a moment there, Mark Henry, last night. Where I thought there was a possibility 
that Dolph Ziggler was having a change of heart. After there was a, there was a moment in SmackDown where uh, Sonya Deville attacked Mandy after interfering with her match and costing her the match, Carmella getting entrance into money yep. in the bank, right? And then Sonya uh, does the work on Mandy, bruises her up, throws her into some stuff, beats the shit out of her, really. So yeah. we cut we cut to the backstage segment, and, and then there's Dolph Ziggler checking in with Otis and asking Otis, is Mandy okay? And, and Otis didn't believe him that he actually cared. And damn it, for a second, I actually thought, was there a heart in Dolph Ziggler? And then we found out wow, through yeah. the rest of the, the episode that that was not the case, that he was just being a scumbag. And Sonya and Dolph are in, uh, well, full heel mode, Mark Henry. You know what, man? They're just deplorable people. <laughs> I mean, to, to go and plot. But you know what, man? Uh, I have to give Dolph credit for his performance. Yeah. For his work. Not just in the ring, but backstage, the tears, the passion, the he made me believe that he really cared. <laughs> and I'm like, you dirty dog, you. He's still he still got a plot though. Like, just live, man. Why you want to hurt my man Otis like this? Speaking of our man Otis, what are the Damn. chances Otis? What are the chances Otis gets that money in the bank briefcase, Mark? Because listen, this is all fun and games, but the you know the WWE Championship, the Universal Championship, it's an entirely different ball game. And Otis, listen, we like Otis. I think there's a future for Otis. Is Otis World Championship material? He's fun. He's engaging. Certainly, some of the best parts of the last year, certainly on SmackDown, were involving Otis. But uh, you know, champion. Champion Otis right now, what's the likelihood? Well, he just beat one. No, which, true. you know, kind of greases the skids if you've ever been around boats. It, it, it floats your boat. Like, I really believe that Otis has what it takes. It's just a matter of making him more of a serious, comfortable performer. And he's got to yeah. be able to be comfortable with it. And that's the hardest thing. It's not the, the, the crowd is accepting of what they get. But can, do you believe it? And I think that's where Otis is right now. It's, it's up to him. Well, it feels like he believes it. And he, you talk about believability. Is there any danger with this storyline that it's just so formulaic? The pretty blonde, you know, uh, the heel, the 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 heel HBK, whatever you want to call it, right? Like the it, the pretty boy Ziggler versus the the fat Harry, you know, Otis. It's 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 predictable in a sense, but it's also one of as we talked about one of the more enjoyable storylines. I'm just wondering, is there a danger there? Do you see a danger with that storyline? I don't. I mean, you you look at at classic tales like Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you have characters that are not the aesthetic, but they come out at the end of being the most forthright. They come out as being honorable. They come out as being cunning. Yeah. And that is what Otis can portray. Uh, and you can be a champion. You look at uh, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle was very serious in his career. Then he went to drinking milk and, you know, wholesome American boy. There's nothing wrong with me, Kurt Angle. Right. And, which dogs. everybody <laughs> started to love and gave have an emotional tie to. And then he went back to, I'm an Olympic champion. I'm the greatest 
wrestler that has ever come into the WWE and became a pro wrestler. And somewhere there's been a a melting, amalgamation of who that wrestler became later on in his career. It, it, it all melted together. And it's the same thing with, um, you know, the world's strongest man and the Olympian and the sexual chocolate and the nation and Hall of Pain. Like all that sure. stuff rolled into one after a while and people respect you for the journey. And I think Otis is going to, he's just at the beginning of his. It is. And yeah, that is a great point. We are just at the beginning of Otis's journey. And there's, you know, there comes a lot of pressure, I'm sure, from Otis's standpoint. And you can speak to this, obviously, Mark. I cannot. Oh, yeah. uh, but it's a lot of opportunity to be uh, what's what's heavy machinery been four years, three years. It hasn't been that long. Right. To now be in the midst of what is essentially a singles push. You know, all you know, Tucky, we're thinking about you, buddy. Um, but but the truth is, I mean, this is a lot for Otis early on. I mean, it can go a couple of different ways, but there's no question, Mark, that this early in his career, he's got some real momentum behind him. And you talk about angle people i think forget you know otis has a, a real legit amateur background yeah and and the guy is talented i mean olympic yeah. level wrestler and he's got to be able to create those moments we always talk about wrestling is a is about the moments you know he had a couple of moments in you know in heavy machinery got his wrestlemania moment uh, just a few weeks on, ago yeah and now he's got one moment so far as it relates to him being a singles performer and beating yep. Dolph Ziggler. And that reel has got to be compiled over another month or two. It's going to take time to build that. Um, but I think he can do it. I think that he's got what it takes. People care, number one. Two, like you said, legit background. Yeah. And thirdly, he is funny and entertaining as all get out. So, <laughs> and it, it it doesn't hurt that he's been built with this um, sympathy deal right now. A little sympathy. He's got the girl. He's got the kiss with the girl. Those moments are great, but now it's about victories, and it's about him being like Rocky. Going in, not doing well. Training, the build up, and then you come back and you not only do you win the fight, but you win the crowd in the process of winning the fight. And that's that's just going to take time. And I'm still waiting on Otis's mom to be unveiled. I mean, there's so much we can do. We talked about it uh, last week. WWE is rumored to be going to more cinematic sort of presentations, similar to what we saw with Taker and uh, AJ at WrestleMania and, and the Firefly Funhouse and all that good stuff. I mean, there's a lot we can do with Otis and his mom and Ziggler and 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 and, and Sonya. Uh, I like the way Ziggler and Sonya looked as a heel faction in the all black. I just like the contrast. Um, I like the venom that both of them are spitting. I think there's some real legs there. Let me ask you, uh, back to Otis real quick, Mark. After last night, <clears throat> we saw the finish, and you guys heard it there just a second ago. Otis finishing Dolph Ziggler with the Caterpillar. Saw some chat on social media. That's not a finisher, yada, yada, yada. What's your take on that? Caterpillar, a legit finisher? You got any problem with that? I mean, it's, the Caterpillar was just a move that preceded the elbow to the throat. Right. I mean, like, you can you can beat somebody with an elbow to the throat. 
I think you may have to put more window dressing on it from the standpoint of maybe you beat five or six people before you get to it. But I guess they started it off with Dolph, so uh, he's going to have to start beating people with the elbow. Well, there was once a man in this business who had an elbow as a finisher, and life turned out pretty okay for him. Yeah, and another one with a leg drop. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, much less I would imagine, much less wear and tear on the body with the elbow drop. No leg drops, kids. Hogan had talked about that for years, Mark. It it ruined his, I mean, it didn't ruin his career, but it it fucked him up. Yeah, it messed me up too. Um, Early in my career, I did a a lot of real high jumping elbow drops and real high dropping leg drops and ass bumps on the people. And for the most part, I missed them. So those ass bumps was me jumping five feet off the in the air and landing straight on my tailbone. And I broke it a couple of times. Oof. And not only did I break it, but I've jacked up the lower two vertebrae and thus me walking like Red Fox and Sanford and Son. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do this stem cell treatment uh, pretty soon. So. There you go. There, there's there's hope for me, but uh, man, I'm I'm walking around here probably like a 60 year old dude sometimes. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. One of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time, and frankly, one of the better single gener- uh, wrestlers of his generation, the charismatic Enigma. Jeff Hardy uh, scheduled to be making his return to WWE fairly soon. He will be on SmackDown next week confronting what looks to be Sheamus. It looks like, uh, Mark, Sheamus and Jeff Hardy are on a collision course for potentially money in the bank or maybe after. I'm guessing money in the bank. I got to be honest. I'm a little bummed because I wanted Hardy in the money in the bank contest. I wanted to see what Jeff Hardy could do at Titan Towers. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to see what he, you know, would be able to give us. But at the same time i get it sheamus has been off tv he needs his first big feud jeff has been off tv he needs his big first uh first big feud and this one just lines up i mean we talk about it all the time mark styles make fights let's go yeah our styles make fights and i think it's no part of jeff's that this whole sheamus uh thing came about it just happened last night sheamus said that you know what the hell with jeff i'll be here next week too it's not like Jeff is the one that's picking the fight. Sheamus is the one that's picking the fight. And you don't want to bring the fight to somebody that has got to recarve his path. And is his success lies in the fact that how he performs. And you want to be the first one? Okay, Sheamus, I see you. But one thing about that is just because he's not in the ladder match does not mean that in this pay-per-view, he won't break out a 20-foot ladder. That's a good point. <laughs> so just to, just, just to help you out a little bit, Ryan, he will be able to climb a ladder and dive 20 feet out in the, into the air and land on Sheamus and get that one, two, three. And even though Sheamus has beat the hell out of everybody, uh, the angle is going to start with that pay-per-view and it's going to start with Jeff kicking his ass. 
I like it. I like it. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, what's going on with Seamus and Michael Cole? That's been a continuating story. Continuing? I'm sure. I'm making up words again. Um, it's been part like of the, the, like the narrative. It's been a part of the narrative for the last few weeks. Uh, where does Michael Cole fit into all this? Does he fit in or was it just kind of a placeholder to wait until Jeff uh, came around? Well, I, I think that just like I said on the show yesterday, the guys need to start using the surroundings better. Seamus yes. is a smart guy and he's he's using his surroundings like look into the camera reach out to the camera to grab it and to tell people I can choke you just like you you can do things that is not the norm last night Seamus did that he went down to Michael Cole and he looked him in the face and he slapped him on the back when he left. Right. And he basically said, you always doubt me. You always put everybody above me. I see you. I know you don't feel me, but that's fine. You wait the next week when Jeff gets out here and the guy that you speak so highly of mm-hmm. is going to get abused. And that's that's his whole his his mentality, and that's what we need. We need more guys that want to destroy you. They don't even care so much about the success; they just want to see the world burn. And I love Seamus for that. And I've had probably a hundred hundred fifty matches with Seamus through his career, and one thing you're gonna get is intensity. And he's never going to take a day off. So your ass better be ready to come to work and be rested. No partying no more. Take your ass to the hotel when this time is, when this pandemic is over and get some sleep and eat good. Because when you get to the arena and you see your name on that list and Seamus is on the other side, it's going to be a fight. Well, <laughs> I don't know. have to be ready. <laughs> I don't know who that poor soul was that uh, got his ass kicked by Seamus last night, but you saw it with that 10 beats of the Bowery oh. when he turns him around, dude just dropped out. He's like, I'm good. Fuck that. I'm out. I'm top peace. Oh. No, thank you. Man, <laughs> you've, taken that. you've taken that more than a few times, Mark. Shit. More times than I, more times than I gave the world's strongest slam. And I'll tell you this, like there were a couple of nights where I went to the back going, is he trying me? Like, what the shit? And Jeff, if you're listening, get ready. It's coming. It's medicine. The pain train is coming. And his name is Shea Moose. I call him Shea Moose. Like Alberto Shamus is coming. Dario used to call him Shea Moose. Shea Moose. I used to love that. I don't know. It was like Trump saying China. China. It was terrible. I don't like about, uh-huh. about Trump, but little inflection goes a long way. Sheamus. Sheamus. I love it. I love it. You brought up a good point, and you mentioned yesterday, and uh, what a week it's been for Busted Open, celebrating 11 years. Uh, obviously, the festivities in full swing. We got Dave LaGreca coming up an hour, too, because Dave, you know, Dave spent the whole week asking people what hit, what their favorite moments were from Busted Open and favorite memories, but no one asked Dave what his favorite moments were, so we're going to get oh, the fearless leader. Oh, that's what this show is for. That's exactly correct, but some 
something that you said yesterday, Mark, and I think it's a very valid point, and I, and I expect to start seeing the the swing or the turn happening soon, and that is, you know, workers, uh, wrestlers, using their voices and, and making the silent arena work for them, captivating the audience by bringing the audience in because their surroundings, I mean, listen, it's a different time. It's a pandemic, right? There's no crowd. We know what this is, but... Unusual circumstances can offer, you know, pathways to greatness or or a change in a way of an approach. And I thought the stuff that you said yesterday about bringing people in and playing to the camera and using your voice because everyone can hear you. You're in a dead ass arena. Like there's no, there's there's everything that you say can be picked up by the camera, and that offers a really cool avenue for workers to kind of um, kind of expand on the psychology. Yeah, and but see, that's the thing. Historically, there have been maybe 20 guys that you, they can say everything, they can do everything, and they can win, they can lose, and it won't matter. Like, it's only been about 20. There's 88 guys on the roster. So you need those 20 guys, one of those guys, to be in the ring with one of those other guys yeah. to help get the job done. And... My, my reaching out and imploring that guys step up was not speaking to those 20. They already know. Right. It's that, that next tier of guys, that next 20, that needs to step it up and make it easier on the top 20 guys. And that's not just the top 20 guys in WWE, NXT, and SmackDown or Raw. NXT and SmackDown. Same thing with AEW. Yeah. I mean, we can only watch the, the top 10, 20, 15 guys so much before we go, damn, is there anybody else in the back? So I'm trying to get everybody to step up. MLW, step up. New Japan, step up. Power, step up. And I mean, it's, 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 it's good, but it could be great without a crowd. It could be yeah. great. It can be, it can be something completely different, but as you said, it can be great. It creates an avenue or a pathway to something different. And yeah, who knows what these people and these, these athletes have inside them and what this is going to bring out. I think that's, yes, it sucks, right? Right now is not a great time. We, we all understand that it goes without saying, but through, you know, trials and tribulations, things can grow from that. You know, what is it? Uh, what's the old saying? Pressure makes diamonds. I don't know. There's, there's probably yeah. a thing in there, but you know, well, the, the it's, pressure it's, it's pipes. But <laughs> pressure also can make a diamond. Yeah. And, you know, I always like the analogy of, you know, even a rose can grow through the concrete. Like there's there's a lot of them. But the point is, is are you going to be the rose or are you going to be the concrete? Like these the guys and girls need to step up and study. Watch the best. You know what? The, 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 the best lessons or the history that's been laid out before you. You don't have to recreate the wheel. You watch Shawn Michaels, you watch 20 Shawn Michaels matches for homework. I guarantee you, some of the subtleties, some stuff that people forgot Shawn Michaels did, you can do that. I'm not saying go out there and do the super kick and, you know, 
swing in from the rafters in a sparkly white suit and try to take moments. I'm saying take the subtleties of his work the little and make that your bread and butter. It's out there. It's there for you. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. Our favorite show in professional wrestling. Mark, I think you went first last week, so I'm going to go first this week. Last week, you threw me for a swerve. We both took Monday Night Raw, which I was not expecting because we really don't take Monday Night Raw that often. They're not, uh, they don't usually win weekly winner. In fact, we talked about it. It largely alternates between NXT and AEW. And, and for me this week, I am taking AEW. I thought what they did from top to bottom, when you look at even like a, a random match like Wardlow's match, or you look at the first segment between uh, Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen, but, but but more specifically, and the main event between Lance Archer and Dustin Rhodes, that was great. It felt like all these matches had stakes. Um, it felt like a natural continuation and a build. It felt organic. I really enjoyed it. I still, we talk about it a lot here on the show in the various days. You know, the, the sparse crowd, I think it adds a lot to the show. But more importantly, my highlight from AEW, which is my weekly winner for this week, Mark, Britt Baker. Britt Baker and that and that package that she did from the dentist office, her progression as a heel, you know, not even like heel baby face. I'm going to save that shit. Just her progression as a professional wrestler has been so refreshing. And I've literally been able to watch it from October until now. Like it is as clear as day with your own two eyes. How much better this woman is getting at the business. She is indeed. And I would have to second that AEW was number one. And I have a different reason Okay, that they're number one. And uh, Dr. Britt Baker, awesome. But I have, uh, I guess, you know, this is a compound word. Two words. Manitoba Melee. Okay. I thought it was funny as hell. I thought it was entertaining. Yep. It added an element to their show with the wrestling uh, like you said, every match had implications. Like they had, there was a story behind everything, and you pulled it together. Um, but them doing comedy during the show and having the Manitoba match, man, you had uh, you you had Chris's dad in there with the hockey stick and showing the championship ring. You right. had you had the Incredible Hulk. You had Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno dropping in, right? Come on, man. Like, I mean, it was so, <laughs> so cool uh, to see that. And as well as I, I love Vicky Guerrero and to be able to see Vicky. And, and the list goes on of people that were involved and how it worked. Uh, that it, was, it was masterful and it was very entertaining. And I did like NXT as well. Uh, a lot of people were like, what did you think about the uh, the game show with Byron Saxon? I thought it was creative. I thought it was funny. I thought it was it added something to pro wrestling, and that's what pro wrestling is. 
why bitch and moan about it? We have. I'm with you. I'm with you. And um, but we always say it's not it's not a beauty contest if you're not if you ain't first. (laughs) Jinx. <laughs> Yo, Minnesota. Exactly. Exactly. If you ain't first, you're last. AEW, get the win. And you know what, Mark? I, uh, <laughs> I, and Raw and SmackDown were good. They were, they were fine. Yeah, absolutely. They were good. But you had the return to point, of gender. Yep. Yep. Which, you know what, Mark? You, you talk about it the was return of gender. And, and we'll, we'll, still. We'll, yeah, we'll get back to AEW in a second. But you talk about the return of gender, Mahal. No build, completely out of nowhere. I see where it's <sighs> going, though. Yeah, I see where it's going. going. Where's it going? And I told you last night, I can see gender feeling like he's undervalued, that he's been put out the pasture. He got hurt and nobody cares that he's former champ. They just a former champion. And now you see his friend, his compadre, his brother, his old uh, tag mate being the champion. And I can see the envious jealousy building between them and him saying, hey, man, how about a, a shot at the title for your old, for your boy? Throw me a bone. And he's like, well, man, I, I can't just do that. I mean, as a, you know, you become number one contender. Oh, it's like that. Can't you? Man, I can see that story. That would yep. be a great story. Writes and, itself almost, and to right? lead right, to put him right back and give his character more depth and not make it be about uh, the Singh brothers, not, not being about him being from the Middle East. It, it, it has nothing to do with that. Like, we need to get past that. That's that Hollywood, um, American propaganda Typecasting. Yeah. It's typecasting. Yeah. Let the guy yeah. go out and work and get real layered heat that everybody can understand, emotional heat. And that is what the stories that we're seeing on AEW that we're not seeing as much on uh, WWE programming. And that's what uh, that wants to bring me to my next point. And, uh, you know, I see it on social media and you hear it. You know, people you hear people talk. Mark Henry's a WWE guy. He's a shill. He, you know, he, if you listen to this show on Saturdays, more than half the time, Mark Henry is sitting here putting over AEW and making him making them their weekly winner. Oh, and as we talk <coughs> about Dave LaGreca coming up in about 30 minutes here on the show to celebrate his favorite moments in busted open history and give his perspective on 11 years because he's been asking every everybody this week what there's where I want to ask what Dave is I go back to just a few months ago Mark to some of my favorite moments on this show it's only been a couple years but uh staying up with you till what 5 a.m going all night and watching New Japan Pro Wrestling yeah. Wrestle Kingdom and then coming and doing a live show I'm, I'm just trying to explain to you Mark Henry is a fan of professional wrestling he is a fair fan of professional wrestling he loves the business not just the WWE Mark I really hope people see that I'm not really trying to they come don't to your defense. And screw them I yeah, ain't trying no. to please the 10 percenters. <laughs> I know go. I got 90 percent of the respect from the fans and I'll take them. The rest of those 10, those guns is they can eat shit and die <laughs> Pork because guns. all they want to do is stir the shit. And they're not even I think half of those guns is 
they're not even real fans. I think they just want to get on social media and bash people and talk shit. So they don't apply. They don't. They don't. Um, it, it don't. It don't work for me. They they don't. They don't do. They don't move the needle at all. I like it. I like it. Indignant world's strongest man over there, Mark Henry. Let's talk a little bit more about AEW and let's talk about specifically. Uh, I love the finish between Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen. The 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 coffin drop the into the roll. Yeah, I love that creative finish. What do you think about that? I thought it was nice. I thought that um, it was cool to see both of them do it, and it be a setup for yeah. the finish and. It's, it's, it reminded me a lot of when um, Kyrie Sane and um, uh, Shayna Baszler had the match, and Shayna had her in the hole, and then Kyrie Sane rolled backwards, and Shayna would not let go because she just trained not to let go of the hold, and she right. got pinned. It was creative like that, and I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more finishes like that on uh Raw and SmackDown. You get it in in uh in NXT. But uh I think we would have less conversations about uh who's going to be the weekly winner. Is it going to be NXT or AEW? Um even though Raw and SmackDown are the bigger shows and they get more viewership and they're well established. Um Probably once a month we get one of those teams to be the number one. Yeah, every every so often they they sneak in there. Raw both last week. Uh, this is Lena Vega show getting our weekly winner. AEW getting our weekly winner uh, this week. So Mark, it sets up a TNT Championship belt match. We talked about the main event between Lance Archer, Dustin Rhodes, Lance Archer getting the dub, setting up. Lance Archer versus Cody Rhodes for the TNT championship. We talked about this a little bit last week, Mark, and, and, and my thoughts on the locker room and essentially the Bucks, Omega, and Rhodes actually getting in their own way, being so mindful of not wanting to put themselves over that they've actually kind of hindered their company to a certain extent. So the logical, I think, thing to have happen Archer. is the Rhodes name. Right? No, I would say Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. He's 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 he it's it's the Rhodes name. It's back on TNT. Like it's the it's the first television, if you will, championship. But then you got the wrecking machine, right? Lance Archer, the new the somewhat new face, right? Jake the Snake mm. Roberts as the manager. I mean, it's a compelling matchup. And I think the fact that we both think the other person should win says everything you you need to know from this standpoint. Great booking by AEW. Great booking and it's that fantasy warfare mentality. And I'm looking forward to seeing it, but uh, my opinions is based off big uglies. And there is not a bigger ugly right now than Archer. Like, the man knows no pain. Uh, The match that you and I saw at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, wow. Him and Moxley beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, they went hard. Is Cody ready for that? <laughs> Is he ready? That's a good question because the match with Dustin was extremely violent. I would expect, and you, you talk about the violent match with Moxley at New Japan. Yeah. Archer is a violent dude. Cody, we know, has no problem getting color. You know what I mean? So that that has all the makings of a, of a brutal, brutal matchup. Brother, I am 
excited about it and scared at the same time. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. Last year, you were coming to Vegas. You were being uh, uh, the Iron Mike Award, uh, I believe, was the award you, re- you received as the main event of the the CAC, the Cauliflower Alley Club uh, reunion. It's the obviously the nonprofit that helps so many wrestlers out there. And, and just a little quick PSA for those of you that don't know about the Cauliflower Alley Club, it is an extremely important organization that takes care of the athletes and the wrestlers that we love so much. They talked about Kamala last year, and uh, yeah, it was a very interesting experience. I was very honored for you to invite me. And, and I just want to frame this for the listeners out there. I am a fan of professional wrestling. I've only known Mark a few years. Mark invites me to this dinner. I was supremely honored. I had no idea where I would be sitting. I didn't know what the situation would be. When I arrive, my wife and I go to the front table. I'm sitting there with Mark Henry, D'Lo Brown, basically the nation of domination. There's Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, there's Adamaya Via, the Rock's mom, sitting next to me. Yeah, that's normal. I'm, a, I'm just a kid from Indiana and there's the Rock's mom. This is the weirdest experience. Behind me, in tables by Behind me are Jerry Lawler, Gerald Briscoe, JR's up, or, you know, uh, essentially emceeing the whole thing. Uh, so it was, a, it was a surreal experience. But, Mark, that experience for me took a, a wild turn when Dr. D, David Schultz, uh, was also being honored that night and given the microphone and the ability to tell his story. But when he started to speak, we saw a little bit, if you saw it on the dark side of the ring on Tuesday, a very sensitive but albeit somewhat bitter man about his history with the business, essentially talking about being blackballed by the WWE. And Mark, I will never forget that night when he looked at all of those tables and he was like, you didn't do shit for me. You didn't do shit for me. The WWE didn't do shit for me. And I'm just sitting there, you know, I'm completely out of my element. I'm blown away at this moment. And and I hadn't heard from Dr. D since, I mean, to me, Dr. D was a YouTube sensation. He was the guy that slapped the reporter. That was pretty much it for him to come out and to essentially bring that heat I was blown away I just wanted to get your thoughts on that night and what was going through your head as Dr. D was kind of giving his thoughts on his career and his thoughts on the WWE and Vince McMahon I was hoping that uh, Stossel would come through the side entrance and drop kick him off the stage <laughs> is what I was hoping but it didn't happen would never yeah. happen not even in a fantasy world it would happen um no, I was taken aback. Um, I thought it was a disrespectful time to, you know, do that. That that stage is for um, saying thank you to the people that helped you, that wanted to help you, that, that were letting you know that you were special to the industry, despite whatever treatment you got from somewhere else. And he neglected. He, he he said thank you at the end when he, came, he went off the stage. Yeah, and um, you know he didn't he didn't really shit on the uh, cauliflower alley club, but just using that stage as a means to say that Vince screwed him over, or that you know there were people in the audience that didn't support him. That that's not the place. That wasn't the place for it. It, it was classless. Um, as a kid, I was a fan of his. And he tore down all of that in just a 
the 20 minutes that he was up there, which should have been more like five minutes, um, <laughs> I was coming up and, as you said, was the uh, the main event. And I felt like it tarnished some of what I was saying with the uh, strengthening the fact that we need to help our older wrestlers more, that we need to support um, the Cauliflower Alley Club, that we need to make it younger. And uh, if you can do that, then you can have some success. But um, that's another story. It was it was odd, you know, it was. and uh, I had never met him in person before. And I had a lot of questions, not not about wrestling, but about him being a bounty hunter, because I, I know a couple of bounty hunters in Houston. And okay. um, I wanted to just, you know, see if he worked with uh, my guys at any point. And, um, you know, we never got there. No, because he like, actually left. He actually left, he left the main event because you acknowledged him. You were like, and you want, I think you wanted to say something nice about him. You wanted to kind of, you know, smooth things over and acknowledge the awkwardness. I mean, it was, it was yeah, heavy. I wanted, because to, I think I said, I wanted to yeah. put a bridge in between yeah. him, Vince and the cauliflower alley club. Like whatever happened with you and Vince, you know what? I was going to tell him that's between y'all. I was like, the Cauliflower Alley Club, they need the respect and they need the support of people like you because they will be able to help you more than anybody else would. And he was gone already. He just, you know, took his ball and went home. But that's that's a character thing. That's something that he's done his whole career is yeah. I'm going to do what I think is right and then I'm going to blame the failures on everybody else. Like you, you can't accept all your uh, winnings and not take your failures with you. I fell down a lot, bro. I wasted money. I did stuff that made my life at home miserable. But that was my fault. Yeah. I owned it. I stepped up to it. And I've done a pretty good job, I think, of fixing all the things that I, where I failed. He did not own his shit. He tried to pass it on other people. And on the dark side of the ring, that's the way it came across. Well, they told me to do this. And he's, he, you know, he's got the, 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 the crazy eye. He's got a little bit of that, that, that <laughs> a whole lot of crazy, brother. He yeah, got a whole lot of it. And he's a tough guy. Oh, he, no question. Even now. Yeah. Even, even in his, his 60s. Oh, I wouldn't or, mess with him. Man, he, that dude is trained. Yep. Like he said, being a bounty hunter was easy for him. He wrestled around with dudes all day for a living. And how many, I, a lot of people might not recognize this, but in Dark Side of the Ring, out of all the weapons that you could have, um, uh, I would think that, you know, an officer of the law would have a uh, 45, 9mm, you know, hell, a revolver, 38, 357. This dude had a damn Tech 9. You know what a Tech 9 is? It's a gangster gun. 
It's a street sweeper. I'm I'm not trying to be accurate. I'm trying to spray the club up. He he had a spray the club up gun. I'm like, what the what in the hell is he trying to do? He's holding it like Like come on, man. Dr. D. That's not safe. You know what? As you're talking about being a fan of Dr. D and obviously, you know, that 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 experience at the CAC was uh, very interesting. But you talked about being a fan of him. That's something that I, you I know, again, tough guys growing well, up but, as a kid. But, but I love that's the tough guys. Well, that's the thing, Mark. I didn't know just how good he was because all I knew he was, was he was he was beyond good, man. Like the energy Shit. and the and the confidence and the conviction and the that he crazy. had. Well, and the believability, yeah. But he the the <laughs> promise that he had, man. I mean, he had a good life. He talked about it. I mean, he's obviously clearly better. You saw it in Dark Side of the Ring. There is still some of that venom in him, but he still ended up having a good life, and his legacy is what it will be. But as a pro wrestler, Mark, as a heel, holy shit. Shit, that guy had serious, serious charisma. You go and look up on his matches on YouTube. Anoki, uh, uh, Pedro Morales, the cream of the crop in WWF wrestling. The guys that were older, Bruno San Martino, he wrestled the best. You don't get to wrestle the best guys if you're not one really skilled in talent, safe in the ring, and has good psychology and understanding of how to get everything over. He was really, really good. But his mouth and his actions and character outside the ring is what derailed him. And I, I kind of I can feel like sorry for him all, all to, but he don't care about you feeling sorry for him. That's the thing. He's made that very clear. He made it very clear. I don't give a damn about people's sympathy. I don't <laughs> care that oh they feel sorry for the old man. He mocked people. I got a still. So imagine. <laughs> Him at 30 years old. Yeah. How arrogant and conceited he must have been. So that's, you know, that was what I took out of it. Um, I wish I could have had a conversation with him because um, he might have told me to go screw off. But at least I would have said my piece. I didn't even get to say my piece because he left before the function was over. Screw the main event. Screw the final speaker. It's like all those assholes that left when Goldberg went up in his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. Stay and respect the man. My family and I stayed. I just got, you know, it's, it's like those, those, are, those are character issues. And I think he had more of that than um, than anybody else that I've run into in, you know, my walk in pro wrestling. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 